You have the American dream. You own your own business. But owning a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful Small Business Vision Year, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why. 1,750 plus business owners, partners, general managers, presidents, and CEOs connect with Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. When you consider Kern County has just over 10,000 small businesses, 1,750 plus weekly connections is a big deal. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests, and internalize their valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. We are here at the Cosmo Casino here in Las Vegas and Hotel and Ballroom, right outside the Belmont Ballroom for the NAEA National Conference. And our guest today is Scott Burnett with Scott Burnett and Associates. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Welcome. Thank you very much. Welcome. And what is the NAEA National Conference for? Well, the NAEA is the National Association of Enrolled Agents, and so it's an organization of tax professionals. You have accountants and CPAs, and a, a forgotten group really is uh, enrolled agents, and they can uh, do tax returns, they can appear before the IRS, so it's a really a boutique group of individuals, and from what my experience, they're very highly motivated uh, tax preparers. For those of you who have listened to this podcast for a while, you know every quarter we have Keith Stoller mm-hmm. with Tax and Business Solutions in Bakersfield, and uh, he gives some wonderful, great tax advice for uh, Visioneer Nation, and he is the one who turned me on to Scott here. Uh-huh. Scott has been very helpful in some of the stuff that we have done with Small Business Celebration, and tell us a little bit about what it is that you do for small business owners. Well, my background's in litigation. I was a trial attorney for a number of years, and uh, as a trial attorney, you sue business owners, unfortunately, <laughs> and hopefully nobody out there is listening to me that I did sue. And what you learned in that experience, at least I did, is that a lot of times people didn't know what they should do. Mm. And I think that's probably the biggest thing is that what I'm doing now is I'm teaching business owners across the country how to be better at their business. I'm teaching business and tax law. And I'm actually here at the conference. I'll be speaking tomorrow, and I'm approved by the National Board of Accountancy and by the Internal Revenue Service to teach tax professionals as well. So my education has gone even a little bit further than I thought it might. <laughs> Very good. And the, the reason they've had you come speak is that you have won the National Association of Experts, Writers, and Speakers. And what award did you win from them? Well, it was a, a book that I, I had done with uh, Brian Tracy. I did a, a best-selling book called Driven. But I also, my company and myself were featured in the Wall Street Journal, Newsweek, and uh, some other news periodicals. And I had the opportunity, really, to kind of share my message, really, mm-hmm. or better stated, probably my passion, mm-hmm. to to better educate the business because business owners, because right now I, I feel like we're, <clears throat> as business owners, we become victims of a system 
where our lack of education can be used against us. Mm. And it doesn't feel like there's anybody out there that's on our team that's helping us kind of traverse this difficult terrain sometimes. I know that was my experience. (laughs) So that's kind of what I'm doing now. For those of our listeners who are not small business owners, but your presidents and CEOs and general managers, how does your company and your business benefit them? Well, we do, the things that we're doing now is we're teaching business owners business practices, but we're also helping businesses. A lot of businesses out there are corporations and LLCs, and one of the big requirements for corporations and LLCs is to conduct annual meetings and to maintain minutes and resolutions. Mm. And what we find is when people form corporations or LLCs, they know how to form them, and then they don't know how to run them. Right. And so running a corporation properly requires good minutes and resolutions, and we provide that service across the country as well. And that is one of the things that, that really intrigued me about what it is that your firm does is provide that service because there are a lot of other services out there that you can go online and they can be tax professionals and you can start a corporation and you can do all kinds of different things. But what they don't have is they don't have a live person that right. you can be in contact with, that you can go ahead and interact right. with. And tell us a little bit about how that service works. Well, the idea behind it was that when I was suing people, mm-hmm. uh, one of the, the things that a, a trial lawyer would do or an attorney would try to do is called piercing your corporate veil. Mm. And they're trying to prove that the company is not running properly. So I would subpoena record books, open them up, and most of the time they were completely empty. There was nothing inside there. So the way that we sort of bridge that gap between the business owner or the company's operations officer not knowing what to do and us knowing what to do is we contact them personally. Mm. We call up every uh, two weeks, once a month at a minimum, and we send them a checklist. And if you did something that is on this checklist, we don't ask you to tell us what is needed for the resolution. We just will flush that out through that discussion. So a great example might be uh, the company borrowed some money. Mm-hmm. All right, now that in corporate parlance would be considered a major decision. Mm. So we would want to have a resolution for that. So then I would ask, well, how much did you borrow? Uh, from whom did you borrow it? What is the interest rate? And then we would record that, not as a decision of the owner, but as a decision of the company. And that's the critical thing. If the company makes uh, is making the money and the company is borrowing the money, that means that we want to isolate the owner from that liability as well. Attracting and retaining quality talent is a challenge in today's labor market. Those of us who own or run a small business know that we have limited resources and each and every employee we hire is critical to the success of our business. But how do we attract and keep such a critical resource? Terry Denisha at Denisha Insurance Agency has a free guide at Benefitsology.net that can give you the information you need to attract and keep quality talent. Learn the benefits you can use to attract top talent for your business at Benefitsology.net. Act on the best value for you and your employees at Benefitsology.net. Win with the best employees in your industry from Benefitsology.net. Go to Benefitsology today. We're here with Scott Burnett and Scott Burnett Associates, and we're talking about the services that his firm provides to small business, their owners, presidents, CEOs, and general managers. And one of the questions that often gets asked from a visioneer nation that I wanted to ask you, Scott, is at what point 
does a small business owner go ahead and realize that they are no longer a sole proprietor and that they need to form a corporation to, for, the, for the legal protection? And how does that, in very simplistic terms, work? Well, it, in, at some point in the evolution of every business, every successful business, there comes a point where you have to make that decision where you bridge that gap from sole proprietor to corporate or LLC formation. If you think about any successful business in America today, they're not sole proprietors. They're, right. they're incorporated. So what is the magic thing? Well, it really comes down to two factors primarily. One is liability protection, and the other is tax savings. Mm. So I would form a business entity if, um, in the liability example, if I had a business that had a lot of risk. Mm. I'd, and what do you define as risk? Well, whenever you're dealing with the public and providing a service, that's something that has risk. Mm. Right? If I have a storefront and people visit it, that's risk. Mm-hmm. If I travel and I'm delivering products or services around the country, mm-hmm. uh, like a, a truck driver, for example, would be a high-risk activity. Mm. Those are things that are traditionally you begin to look at and consider because if there's a problem at the store now, and you're a sole proprietor, that risk is inherited by you. And if I sue you as an individual, mm-hmm. everything you own is at risk. Right. And then if I get a judgment against you, the judgment doesn't go away. Right. Because I'll hear that sometimes people say, oh, well, I don't have anything to worry about because I don't have anything. Except your house, <laughs> your car. <laughs> well, but they'll even say, I don't have even that. So why am I worried about liability protection? Right. Well, if I get a judgment and it stays on the books until it's paid. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't disappear. Mm -hmm. So if you're guaranteeing yourself to never have any assets, well, then that might be a good strategy. (laughs) But liability protection is probably the number one consideration. The second one is a little bit more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. And the second one is tax savings. It's no secret that corporations and LLCs that are taxed as corporations get better tax treatment and better tax benefits. Right. But where we are trying to bridge the gap is that once you form one, that doesn't mean that you get them. You get the opportunity. Right. Right? So what I always tell people is that you created the entity and now you have the opportunity to receive those benefits, but you need now to know how to take that money out. Corporate owners... LLCs that are taxes corporations can withdraw money six different ways. Now, when I talk to business owners across the country, they may know two of those ways. So with business, it's not uh, having the vehicle to take advantage of it, but it's knowing how to drive it properly. Or as I always say in my office, uh, the more you know, the less you owe. (laughs) And now we're saying the converse, the less you know, the more you owe. So so knowledge in in this day and age, that's really the commodity, isn't it? I mean, we are in the information age. We are. And we live in, um, humankind has evolved through the ages through that adaption. Hmm. So we had the Stone Age, which gave way to the Bronze Age, which gave way to the Iron Age, to the Industrial Age. And now we're in the information age. And the top business owners today really understand information. And that's really what I'm trying to be, is that gap between what you don't know and what you need to know. And Mm. that's what I get asked at all these conferences is, you know, I don't know what I don't know, so I don't know what to ask. Well, that's what we're trying to help you. These are the things that you need to know. And if you know that, it's not rocket science. It's it's really not a very complicated topic. To take a step back a little bit, mm-hmm. I'd like to explore a little bit of the reason why 
you got into this <laughs> because this is not necessarily somebody that somebody wakes up one Wednesday morning and decides, you know what, I think I'll go into tax prep for business yeah. owners. <laughs> so how did this work out? Because you, you mentioned earlier that you started off on the prosecuting side yep. of things and where, and that was in Santa Barbara, was that not? Right. I was a district attorney for the county of Santa Barbara for a number of years and I was a, a plaintiff's trial attorney uh, at offices in all over California. And so one doesn't go from being a trial attorney and running a law practice to being a business educator. But the, as you know, the, the transformational thing that happened to me, uh, I got audited. My business got audited. And it wasn't, I didn't do anything nefarious. As a matter of fact, you, you could say I did everything right. Mm. I met with my tax professional every year. I, I talked to them. I, I asked questions. But what I learned in that uh, experience is that they weren't teaching me anything. They were not my tax educator. Right. They were taking information, and they were doing what I would refer to as an accounting. Right. They put the money or the, the income on the right boxes on the right date and filed the right forms. So in the audit, when it happened, I, I didn't think much of it, but I ended up uh, having a huge tax liability, not because, again, because I did something wrong, but because... I didn't understand some of the associated rules that come with a deduction. Mm. So an example, mm -hmm. we're on a, a trip right now. This is a business travel. Right. Well, if you're on business travel, not only do you have to keep the receipts, but you have to keep a copy of the hotel bill. Right. Right. A specific prove, copy. To, of, to prove you were there. That's exactly right. And at the time, you had to have your, your travel at any expense over $75. You had to have a receipt for Right. Well, I had um, credit card bill statements, which I thought would be sufficient. Right. Totally wrong. Right. So the, the big pivot for me was after that audit, and that was like, <laughs> that was like an old-fashioned trip to the woodshed. I really got, <laughs> I got, I got it handed to me, i got to be honest. But, I, but I you learned that lesson once. Yes, and you do, <laughs> and you do that once. But a funny uh, ad-lib to that story, or the, the anecdote to that story, is they came back the next year because, well, you know, it was so good the first time. We've got to go back <laughs> to see that guy again. But this time I was prepared. But the irony of it all is that you learn right there. You know, I'd like to think I'm a pretty smart guy, and I went to law school. In law school, they don't teach you about business. No, they, they teach don't. you how to sue a business. Right, right. <laughs> but right. they don't teach you how to run it. Uh -huh. And I thought, well, how many other people out there are just like me right. that are doing what they think is right and then find out they become a victim of a system that sort of preys on that lack of knowledge? So... It wasn't immediate. It didn't happen like, you know, boom, overnight, I'm going to uh, walk out of this. But it was the big pivot. Mm. That was the thing where I said, you know what, I want to do this. And I think this is really more my calling than, you know, taking away someone's house. While you were in Santa Barbara, mm -hmm. on, a, on a personal uh, note, is that where you started going into triathlon? Yeah, I, I did. I started triathlons. And, and, and why did you go into triathlon of all things? I mean, I'm a runner for one thing, yeah. but, but triathlons are for crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, you might be right about that. Part. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. That's one of the things that um, a lot of friends will, will say about me is that you burn the candle at both ends. And um, I've just always been a person that likes challenges. So the, mm -hmm. uh, I, did, I was a runner. And then running didn't become enough. And then I was a surfer, and then I then I had to be a better swimmer, and then then cycling. So triathlon just became the thing that looked 
the hardest, and I thought that would be the perfect fit for my energy. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, and you, you bring up a very important point that mm-hmm. shouldn't be overlooked, is those people that have A-type personalities, Yes, they tend to burn the candle at both ends, Yes, and they need to have that release. And there's a lot of business owners that feel that they have to give get completely vested in their business and they need some of that release and they need to be able to get away and break that stress and tell us a little bit about how doing triathlon helps alleviate that stress and and helps you run a better more successful business well i think just with any physical activity let's let's say running or or anything that you do or you're going to the gym and exercising Mm -hmm. um we have uh this is probably the craziest time in human history where it seems like we all feel overwhelmed at almost all times. Mm. And that energy builds up within us. And if there's not an outlet for that, then it gets suppressed. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the more things that are suppressed, the, the more in your consciousness these become challenges. Uh, a comment turns into an, an emotion where it was probably an innocuous comment and now you've turned it into... Uh, a mountain out of a molehill right you know right so i think exercise just in general is something that you know de uh decompresses everyone Mm -hmm. takes you takes a a little bit of the energy and the stress out of the day and i've read a lot of books about business and success and i i see that almost every truly successful person begins their day Mm -hmm. either in meditation or in exercise as a way to get their day started so i I embrace it i i encourage every client that i do business coaching with to also start their day in that way as a small business owner you are a visioneer a pioneer with vision but sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees you know where you want to go you know what you want to do and have but you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there small business celebration can be those eyes Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees. Realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're here with Scott Burnett with Scott Burnett and Associates, and we're talking about how we as business owners need to develop patterns and we need to learn new things. And I'd like to explore a little bit about reading because one of the refrains that I hear from a lot of business owners is, I read all day or I'm just too tired to read anything mm-hmm. new. And yet you, you have mentioned that part of your success has come from that you read and you still continue to read. And yes. so, first of all, let's begin with why is it that you read? And then we'll roll into some of the, things, some of the books that have influenced your business life. Well, if we're not growing, then we're very stagnant. Mm-hmm. And I remember a meeting with my accountant where he said, you know, businesses have a tendency to have a trajectory of five years. And then you really have this, this thing that happens where they either taper Mm-hmm. And they fall or they continue to grow. Mm. And so I, I was blessed with mentors. And I had a gentleman that took an interest in, in me, and I, was, and I was ambitious enough to ask them questions. Good. And so one of the things that was always important was the continuing education of you as a person and you and your business. Mm-hmm. So my reading really is probably the most boring stuff that anybody would want to read. <laughs> but the new tax law is an example, right? Mm-hmm. I, I become immersed in that stuff. And that would probably just put somebody to sleep. But I just love it. I sure. love reading um, the this, this stuff that where 
the devil's in the details type of thing. I'm you know? sure when the new tax code came out, you had plenty of reading and, and were, were a kid in the candy store. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say kid in the candy store. <laughs> I think I almost lost my mind over it. Because it's, uh, it's challenging for the business owner. I mean, uh, here I am coming in, I'm talking to people, and I'm trying to explain it. And that's my niche, is to be able to take something that's complicated and, and make it a little bit easier to understand. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not easy to understand these rules. The, the code's written in ways that are kind of complicated. The language is different. So as I'm reading these periodicals, I'm referencing other stuff, and I'm going off of that and back and forth. And you had mentioned earlier that you had a, not just one mentor, but a series of, of mentors. And tell us a little bit about your mentors and, and whether or not you continue to use a business coach or not. Yes, that's, that's a great point, and I think that's important for a lot of people. We, so I had mentors growing up. I, I just was uh, one of those people that wanted to ask questions. Mm. And... What I found is that a lot of successful people love to share. Mm. They just do. Mm-hmm. And so when I started with law school, um, I had I was asking the dean of students questions all the times and the dean of the school, and we'd go to lunch and we would have great conversations, just fantastic conversations. Um, there was an attorney in the when I got into before I started law school. There was an attorney who worked. At, at the area where I was at, at Newport Beach Harbor, I was washing boats. That was my, <laughs> that was my career choice when I was in my 20s. And um, I remember him coming down to the docks and telling me, you know, you need to do more. And he would take the time and explain it to me. You know, just kind of help me understand the importance of the next few years in my life. Mm. And that made an impact on me. Yeah. One of the things that you just mentioned is, if you will, a superpower is your ability to make the complex simple, to Uh. to paraphrase Albert Einstein. And give us some examples on, for those of us that don't have a lot of social skills, or for those of us who all of our social skills are learned, we weren't born with them, uh, what are some of the things that we can do to to take something that we, a subject that we know very well and then translate it into English or make it something simple that the everyday public can understand and digest? Well, uh, you had mentioned mem- mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my mentors used to always say, it's easy to make things hard. It's hard to make things simple. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned in teaching is that when you take a topic, let's use the example we used already, the tax code, mm-hmm. right? Very complicated. Well, you, you can read it, and you can think, right? You can think you understand it. Mm. And then you try to articulate it to somebody, and you realize you got marbles in your mouth. You don't have <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. So if you want to make something uh, your own, mm-hmm. if you want to take ownership in any topic, the, the key to that really is trying to teach it to another person. Mm. So you'll read it, you'll embrace it, and your mind will be able to intellectualize it. It will put it in the, its proper compartment, but it becomes owned by you as uh, a person when you can explain it to another and they can understand it. And does it help if when you're doing going through this process, if you're trying to explain this to somebody that you may or may not know that is in a field that's completely different than yours? Yeah, that uh, well, that really cements it, doesn't it? Right? You know, like if you're you're explaining to somebody who has absolutely no business experience, but they get it. Mm-hmm. Well, then you know you've really done a good job. But it's just the ability to, when you're learning something new, it it 
it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you explain it to another person, mm-hmm. and they can understand it, and they can come back to you and, and articulate it back to you. And and I've always found in teaching, it's not uh, the goal isn't to sit and pontificate mm-hmm. uh, and you know lecture to somebody, mm-hmm. but rather to engage, like our interview. Really, it's mm-hmm. back and forth. It's a dialogue. It's like. Does that make sense to you? Do you understand? Explain to me what I just said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For some people, that can be a challenge because you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, am I lecturing them? But if the other person really wants to learn it, then that's how you make sure that we're, you're both on the same page. And that's the key is you have to have a student that's willing to learn. Oh, When the student or what is the, what's the great expression? Um, the teacher will appear when the student is ready. Right, right, yeah. right, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that, I, that intrigued me about your website that you have with uh, you. Burnett & Associates is you've got a really good system of taking the very complicated, simple, and saying, if you, and if you still don't quite get it, give us a call. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that sounds like that was a process. That website the, was a real process to put together to figure that out. And there's a lot of other business owners that are struggling with that as well as they're trying to create a website that uh, they can take their product or their service that they have mm-hmm. and make it simple. And, and give us a little bit of background on what, what was the process that you, you and your business went through to develop your website that you have now that is easy for people to understand. Well, I, I think it goes back to what we talked about with the audit, right? Mm. The audit was the, the pivot. The audit was, you know what, my passion has always been a teacher. I I love to teach. Mm -hmm. And even when you do a jury trial, you're teaching the jury the law. And you're you're trying to get them and convince them of your your perception of what the facts are. So I've always been a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so for me to create a website that teaches and explains Mm -hmm. and then offers at the same time, if you have more questions to contact us, we do free consultations. Mm Um, now I've got somebody who's interested in what I'm talking about. And now we have this c- connection that allows us to kind of continue the dialogue. Um, I believe in the law of reciprocity. Mm-hmm. I believe that if you invest in someone and you provide them something good, then mm-hmm. they're going to be reciprocal and do the same for you. One of the things that your website also does is it goes through and it covers actually a wide variety of different services that your business offers and give us a, a bird's eye 30,000 foot view of the kinds of services and products that you offer small business owners and those that run them well you might say that we are an education company so one of the things we do is we do business coaching mm. um, and a byproduct of that is if you're a sole proprietor and we were talking about that before maybe you want to segue into a corporation we mm. provide that corporate and LLC formations uh, we do uh, minutes and resolution services. Uh, for certain clients in the state of California, we do living trusts and we mm. do asset protection. We do buy-sell agreements. So we're really a niche marketplace for business owners. Mm. If you're a business owner and you're trying to find a, like services that are related to what you're trying to accomplish, whether that's protection, liability, or tax savings, we, we work with people like that that are interested in learning about strategies for that. Talking about tax strategies and whatnot, one of the questions that pops up periodically, and I know Keith Stoller approached this a few <clears throat> episodes ago, but I'd like to get your take on it, is there's this notion that if you've got a California corporation, but you're being taxed very heavily on whatever it is that you're doing, but you want to move everything you can to Nevada, <laughs> Delaware, or whatever, you're grinning and laughing, uh, but explain why that's not such a good idea. 
Ah, the it's criminal like, mind at work. <laughs> and this is from a California corporate, California resident point of view. Well, it was very popular pre two thousand. That and there's a lot of uh, companies in the state of Nevada that promoted uh, entity formations. You, they would advocate. Well, there's no franchise tax here. There's no state income tax here. There's no inventory tax. And these are all true statements. Hmm. So there wasn't any sort of misrepresentation about what they did, but that was only available if you were a resident of the uh. state. So the, the California Corporate Code is essentially this, is that if a corporation is a citizen of the state where it's formed, right? So if I form a Nevada corporation, it's a citizen of Nevada. But where it resides, where it lives, is where it does business. Right. So if I form a Nevada corporation, but it resides in California because the business is in California, it has employees in California, and the income that is earned is from that business endeavor in California, then California says, well, Nevada company, you're really doing business in our state. You need to register, and that's called nexus or qualification. So it's a citizen, but it resides really in California. It's like a... I'm a citizen of the United States, and I go to Mexico. Well, I didn't become a Mexican citizen. No, but you still have to pay. But I have right. But now, I, if I'm living there, though, I have to pay taxes and do things in that jurisdiction. Let's take a step back for a moment here, because we you were talking about reading is a very integral part of your personal and business development. And what book, or business book, has stood out to you that has really influenced your business career? Well, I mean, I'm a, a big Malcolm Gladwell fan, um, Brian Tracy. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the books like, you know, from Tony Robbins, things that are more inspiring on a personal level. Um, Greg Braden, Joe Dispenza mm-hmm. uh, are huge uh, um, um, heroes to me because of what their message is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. David Hawkins is by far, uh, you know, you don't really read that book. You, you, you live it. You study it. So those are, uh, and I think they're crossover books, to be honest with you. Because even when we talk about personal development, that's personal. But, you're, but that's you right. and you and your business. People, I always say this to my clients, people don't buy products. They mm-hmm. buy people. You know, they, they buy you. Right. And so when your consciousness is right, when you feel you're in a good space, people feel that. That's just an energy thing that people pick up from you. How has your involvement and in the success of your business changed you personally? You know, I, I think just like any human being, you, you have doubts sometimes about your place in what you're doing and self-confidence or self-esteem, hmm. right? Confidence is one thing. Self-esteem is, you know, the, these, are, these are two different things. They, right. they can be, like, you can see them as the same, but they're very, very different. So success in business a lot of times brings you a certain level of recognition. Hmm. And I certainly have had the luxury of having some of that, especially recently. But... Um, when you tackle something that's tough and you overcome it and you get on the other side of it, you start to believe that you can do just about anything you set your mind to. And I think that's transformational. It was for me. I think it's, uh, I see it in my clients when we get them into a little bit, uh, uncomfortable, 
I always say it's uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And I know you know that as a runner, right? Right. Right. Because you just got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. If you're going to run a pace, mm-hmm. right, you've got to hold that pace and it's going to be uncomfortable. But you prove to yourself that you can do it. What is something that a visionary nation can use today to grow a strong and profitable business? Well, I, I, I'll tell you, there's three things that I tell business owners that you want to con- take control of. One is tax rules, right? So we've got this new tax law, and we've have these new, uh, we don't have new deductions, but we have business deductions, about five of them that I think are important that every business owner needs to know. And what are those? Well, I would say meals, mm-hmm. travel, gifting, vehicle, and home office. Mm. You're running a business, you're going to interface with that for sure. Sure. No doubt about it. And now under the new tax code, you know, you've got a 20% reduction on your profit. So that becomes critical, right? You want to generate profit. Right. I've had countless discussions with people that talk about zeroing out their business. And, you know, I always tell people, I'm not in this for a payroll. You know, I'm in this for profit. <laughs> so, you know, I, I love the new tax code because of that, because it, it you know, it, it defines what we're all about as business owners, mm-hmm. creating profit. So that's number one, tax rules. Number two, I, I'm astounded by the where people start with this, but budgets. It, it's knowing your numbers. Mm. So a business budget. So in business, we have two budgets, really. We have our personal, and then we have it. Mm-hmm. And it is the golden goose. So we need to know our expenses, our regular, consistent expenses, like monthly expenses. But we need to know our irregular mm. expenses, the ones that come up quarterly. Mm-hmm or semi-annually, and then we have what I refer to as surprise expenses. (laughs) And you can look at the history of your company, and you can see that there becomes this sort of pattern of it. So one, taxes, two, uh, numbers and budgets, and then the third is time management. Mm. I'll tell you what, if this is the thing that I see the most, people are always going to tell me they're busy. <laughs> I, I, and I'm busy, too. I've got two kids, right? I'm busy all the time. We've got football practice this week or something going on. And so we all feel busy. Mm. But I'll ask you, is it better to be busy or to be productive? Mm. So when we are working in coaching, we'll say, time, tell me your day. Well, here's what I see as a business owner. People clock in whenever they want, unless they have a storefront, right, where you have to be there at a certain time. Most business owners, because they have the freedom mm-hmm. to come when they want, they they start their day at irregular times. They, they don't have the structure mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that book with Brian Tracy. One of the things I said in that book was, if you could hire another person and they did exactly what you did, the way you started your day, the way they finished it, the way they came and went and did whatever, and you had to pay them exactly what you paid you, would you hire them or fire them? Right. Well, routinely, they'd fire them. Right. So number three really is good time management. I consider time a commodity. It's like money. Right. Right? So one of, And I'm a victim of this. I used to work all day, all night, Saturdays and Sundays, but I was busy. Now I work less have more time for my family and I'm more productive because I work in blocks. So one of the things that I really advocate with clients is figure out time blocks. Let's look at a schedule. So know your numbers, right? That's important. Know tax rules because your accountant isn't going to write the check for you. You write the check. You determine the deductibility and treat your business like you would an employee, right? Show up. 
be be there at eight o'clock know what's going on leave at a time that is what you would expect of somebody in that job if they were doing what you're doing scott this has been a pleasure if ah, people want if people want to get in touch with you how do they do that well uh easy really we have uh, obviously we have a toll-free number 877-836-9691 our website is a great tool for education that's burnett b-u-r-n-e-t-t and and associates.com that's really when you learn right the, <laughs> the web address every time i have to give that to somebody it just drives me crazy how long it takes so burnett and associates.com and then there's a, a thing on there for a free consultation and then finally our facebook page uh, burnett and associates one the number one uh, and that's our really our fan page and we do a lot of facebook live and education on there so uh, any of those three vehicles would be great very good and is there anything else that you would like to add before we sign off? I would say this. that Invest in yourself when it comes to this stuff. It, it's not you can't delegate. You feel like you can delegate taxes, but you really can't. You need to be the one that knows the numbers. Hmm. You need to know what's deductible. You, you need to be more involved in that portion of the business. And I get it. It feels intimidating. And it feels like, you know, maybe it's too tough. But I promise you this, it's not as hard as you're perceiving it to be, like anything in life, right? How many times have you not done something because you thought it was going to be super tough, and then you started it and found out it wasn't that bad at all? That would be what I would say is the the critical component. So when you cross that line and say, I want to become invested in my business. And that is also why you have somebody to help you and coach you and guide you, like yourself. Yes, please. Thank you. Well, Scott, thank you for being on the Small Business Celebration podcast and sharing your wisdom and insight and uh, being a fellow visioneer. Thank you. Thank you very much. Attracting and retaining quality talent is a challenge in today's labor market. Those of us who own or run a small business know that we have limited resources and each and every employee we hire is critical to the success of our business. But how do we attract and keep such a critical resource? Terry Denisha at Denisha Insurance Agency has a free guide at Benefitsology.net that can give you the information you need to attract and keep quality talent. Learn the benefits you can use to attract top talent for your business at Benefitsology.net. Act on the best value for you and your employees at Benefitsology.net. Win with the best employees in your industry from Benefitsology.net. Go to Benefitsology today. I've been asked, who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the Tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. 
Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.